Welcome to Speak My Peace, the podcast that covers all things NBA on and off the court. And now, here's your host, Isaac Anza. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. NBA Finals recap. You know I have to speak my piece. D-Lane plugged in on the beat. I am your host, Isaac Anza. Bucks win, Bucks win, Bucks win. Great game last night. Man, that was exciting. Congrats to the state of Milwaukee. Watching the sea of tens of thousands of people risk their health and lives to watch their beloved Bucks play was amazing. I mean, shout out to the fans. It's crazy. It's just a reminder that fans make sports what they truly are. A spectacular show. Let's start with this. Make no mistake about it. This was an FU finals rep. Yes, FU. Giannis said a huge FU to the super teams. FU to the media. FU to his peers, aka James Harden. And FU to the haters. And let's be honest, there were many haters, doubters, including me. I'll own up to it. Giannis just won a real championship, not a Kevin Durant championship. He won a Michael Jordan championship, an Isaiah Thomas championship. Effort, loss, injuries, game sevens, adversary, being down 2-0, fatigue, overtime, grit, physicality. He won a championship the old school way. We may not be coronating him as the new king of the league, and that's fine. But despite the hate, falling short in the playoffs during his two MVP campaigns, us dissecting his deficiencies with a microscope, his flaws, his lack of big shot making, abysmal free throw shooting, he bounced back and he played like a king. He didn't bitch about all the peasants he plays with, he didn't bitch about not having the right soldiers, he rode it out and just balled. He balled when Drew Holiday was shooting 5 for 20. He balled when Middleton couldn't make a three-point shot. He balled when they were down 2-0 and the memes were coming quicker than a high school kid on prom night. In game six of the NBA Finals, he gave a 50-piece for the haters, mom got a Finals MVP for her trophy case, and stat lines that belonged beside legends like Jordan, Magic, Shaq, and West. I'm not naive. I understand that this was an unusual year. Lots of injuries, a lot of big names dropped, but that doesn't dampen the historic performance. The mental toughness, the sheer desire and determination to win at all costs. Shout out to Giannis. I'm looking forward to dissecting what this title run means for the months ahead. Is there a paradigm shift in the league? Will players try to replicate what Giannis accomplished? Or will they continue to take the easy way out and be pro-mobility, pro-choice, pro-super team? Either way, He solidified his place in history, and at the age of 26, it's hard not to think he doesn't have one or two, maybe even three more title runs in him. What made me happy about these finals is that we witnessed how many of us old school guys believe teams should be built through the draft with a combination of timely veteran acquisitions to fill needs like shooting, ball handling, leadership, size, six man, off the bench pop. They brought in guys like Drew, they brought in guys like PJ Tucker and Bobby Portis and all filled a extremely valuable role for this team. You know, 
In this series, I felt like I was watching the Spurs play the Knicks back in 99. Not the most skillful of players out there, but hence the poor, poor shooting nights by so-called stars. But man, was it gritty, intense, and physical. Physicality used to win in this league. You know, Duncan, Shaq, LeBron, to name a few. And once again, we saw a veteran physical team win a title. The Suns paraded a bunch of kids out there. Booker's, what, 24, Aiton, 22, 23, even though he looks like he's 35. Cam Johnson looks like he's 17. Uh, he must be in his early 20s. The Bucks look like the 85 Bears defense. You know, they're out there parading Holiday, P.J. Tucker. I mean, those guys could start as, at middle linebacker for some NFL teams. Giannis is physical. He's long. Middleton gets in your face. Lopez is, he's massive. Bobby's intimidating. And Drew Holiday just put on a defensive clinic all playoffs. I mean, it was just, it was something, it was, it was a marvel to watch. Um, shout out to Drew. When was the last time you've seen Chris Paul look uncomfortable or just have weird turnovers by mishandling the ball rather than an errant pass? The Bucks were the more physical team, more aggressive, more experienced. And they tasted hardship the previous years, which is so important. They came up short during some of those years when Giannis won league MVP. And that experience really showed down the stretch of games this year. Congrats to the Bucks front office. They were hyper aggressive in the offseason. And I think that set the tone for the team. Um, you know, you brought in a guy like Holiday for, for Bledsoe and like three first round draft picks, I believe. Um, lots of us thought it seemed like a King's Ransom at the time, but now that's just a distant memory. When you win, all trades look good. And let's not forget that they even tried to get Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, as well. So the, the Bucks front office, they were hyper aggressive in the offseason. They set the tone. We're going for it all. Uh, this is our year, despite Brooklyn having a, a, a big three. And an aggressive tone put the league on notice. It spilled into the season in the playoffs and ultimately ended the season as NBA champions. I want to shift gears to the losers, the Phoenix Suns. Great team, great effort, nice feel-good story, haven't been in the playoffs since 2010, young babyface star, old legend CP, let's get him a ring, go Suns go. But the story ends here. The Suns will not be back next year, guys. Unless this roster has significant improvement from their young core, this was the Suns' best chance. This was their moment. Let's take a trip down memory lane. The Suns had very good fortune in Really, really good fortune. All playoffs. Lakers were beat up and injured. If you're a betting man, and, and I sort of am, Vegas had the Lakers' favorite to win that series. AD, LeBron, injuries, Space Jam, LeBron not focused, he's just checked out. Suns win in five. Let's go to the Suns and Nuggets series. Another team out of sorts. Jamal Murray out. Barton injured, trying to work his way back into rhythm. Aaron Gordon never really found his stride, had some really poor games in the playoffs. Jokic truly was a one-man band. Suns swept that series. Suns Clippers. Let's be honest, they barely escaped. You know, game two, Aiton's dunk at the end, crowd went crazy, lucky play. We all know it was a lucky play. That series could have easily had been Clippers up to one after three games and a different tone. Pat Bev made life very difficult for Booker. Clippers had their chances. They battled. They won. They were undermanned. 
but we would all agree, a healthy Leonard present Clips probably win that series in five or six. It's so hard to win without a top five or top six talent in the NBA. At this point, Booker, mm, maybe what, 16th, 17th, 18th best player in the league? Yeah, I'm serious. You're probably thinking I'm crazy right now, but at the moment, he's probably the 15th, 16th, 17th, or 18th best player in the league. Booker did not make the All-NBA team this year, guys. He did not make the All-NBA team. And ask yourself, let's let's think about some of these fringe stars or all-stars. Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, Zion Williams, Julius Randle, just to name some guys. We could have an honest debate if Booker is better than some of those guys I just named. And we would all agree those guys are not top 10 NBA players. So we find yourself with a team that has a franchise player who's good, but not super great. He's not a superstar in my opinion. It's hard to be a superstar when you don't impact the game in other areas besides scoring. And it's extremely hard to win if you don't have a LeBron, KD, a Steph. It's so hard to win without those types of talents. Kobe Bryant, the Shaqs, the Duncans. You need top five, top six talents to win. CP, Chris Paul, love him. But can you depend on him for another title run? Injury prone, turning 37. His best move nowadays is his forearm shove to clear space for his trademark jump shot. I mean, he's not really beating guys off the dribble anymore. Uh, he's he, he gets very, very um, happy with that uh, off arm and he's pushing everybody off. I'm not trying to sound like a hater. I'm just reading the tea leaves. Unless Aiton, Bridges, and Booker develop their games, Aiton needs to become more of an offensive threat on the block. Bridges, you know, he has to do a little bit more than just standing there and shooting three-pointers. And Booker, he doesn't impact the game besides scoring. And when he's not scoring, like, you know, game six there, when he can only muster 19 points, well, what else, what else is he doing besides turning the ball over? The Suns will not be beating teams unless their young core gets better. I may be wrong, but I doubt it. I'm already getting excited for next season. Hey, are you in pain? I bet your back and knees are sore right now, aren't they? Do you want to get back to feeling good and being athletic again without pain? then check out the Back to Basketball podcast. Our guests include athletes, medical professionals, trainers, and mindset coaches, focusing on empowerment, accountability, and consistency. Our mission is to transform the lives of past and present basketball players who struggle with injuries and pain by focusing on personal storytelling and community building. Our hope is to inspire change in mindset and a shift in the lifestyle and daily habits of people. We hope to help you completely turn your life around. You can find the Back to Basketball podcast on all social media platforms by searching back and the number two and basketball. Again, that's back, the number two and basketball, all one word. Your pain-free journey starts now. Thanks for listening. Don't miss a moment of the action. Comment, like, and subscribe to Speak My Peace for automatic delivery of new episodes on Apple Podcast iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast.